Order of Life family. Got full spectrum survival here. I'll play it for y'all. World, and I want to get to some of it real quick here. Russia's deputy foreign minister has said that the United States and NATO's involvement has a great chance of resulting in a direct nuclear power confrontation. He has warned that these confrontations can have disastrous effects, and this is exactly why militaries around our world and governments around the planet are buying up as much nuclear protection and radiation protection material as they can. We are in one of the most challenging economic environments of all time. Meanwhile, talks of potential sanctions against countries like China are growing. If economic warfare begins between China and the United States of America, inflation in the USA will easily hit 10 to 15%. Economic warfare could spark a global systemic collapse. If and when this happens, you have to be ready, and part of that readiness is pre-purchasing. Getting what you can right now is just as important as being able to defend your life in a long-term social or environmental collapse. This means getting your pantry stocked up. Start with your staples, your oats, your rice, your oils. Look to what is given to places that have undergone extreme conflict around the world. When you have these organizations come in and give them materials, what are they giving them? They're giving them oil, salt spices, some sort of carbohydrate, usually something like a local flour that the people in the area are used to, rice. That's what you need to do. Get your rice, get your spices, get your canned goods, and get your oil. No matter what, even if this world war fizzled out, which by all means and everything that we are seeing, there's no chance of that happening, but it is a nice pipe dream to think about. But even if that was to happen, you would still be ahead of the game because you would have purchased right now the goods at costs for less than they will be in the future. Inflation is not going to come back down in any lie to you by the Federal Reserve saying that they have a target of 2% has absolutely nothing to do with the profit mongering corporations. Do you think, actually think in your heart that target Walmart, Mondelez, their subsidiaries like Kraft are ever going to drop their prices once they have seen that the pawns, the schlubs, you and me, are willing to pay as much as we are for a box of mac and cheese, a can of goods, or a bottle of Pepsi? Absolutely not. Their shareholders, their CEOs, their high-ranking officials will never accept less. And so even if you purchase right now the things that you will need in a long-term disaster and some great thing happens and these governments come together and say, you know what, peace is better than war and profiteering, you'll still be ahead of the game financially. The Senate to the United States of America has unanimously passed a bill, and this bill has called for the declassification of all U.S. intelligence on the origins of our recent pandemic. Why this isn't catching mainstream news in a way that is bringing the eyes of the American people to this event, I'll never know beyond the fact that we have a lot of corruption at play. They want you 
to get back into your cubicle, answer that call center phone, get back to work and keep paying your taxes. And that's literally all they want of you. You know, when you have a battery for an item, that battery is the energy. That item will not work without it. When you're in government, the batteries are you and me. They do not work without us putting our energy into their machine. The only way that Americans are still living their 2019 lives, the ones that they expected to be living forever, is that the average American household is accruing debt at a never before seen pace. At some point in time in the near future, the consumer will be forced to stop spending with debt. They cannot behave like this. The federal government will continue to raise the debt ceiling. When this happens, along with increasing rates, something somewhere is going to break. We just don't know exactly what it's going to be or what facet of the U.S. economy it's going to be yet. They know this and you know this too. That's why we have a world war going on right now. Economic watchers warn that a perfect storm of a recession of debt and of out-of-control inflation is coming for the markets this year. Not 2024, not in some distant future, but this year. A perfect storm is brewing, they said. Markets this year are going to get hit with a recession, with out-of-control inflation, and with a debt crisis in a never-before-seen attack on the economy. One of the first economists that called the 2008 recession has been warning for months now that we suffer or face a stagflationary debt crisis. This, he says, will combine the very worst aspects of the 70s style stagflation with the worst aspects of the 2007 through 2009 financial collapse. I do believe, he says, that a stagflationary crisis will emerge this year. I do believe that it is going to emerge very soon. He told this in an interview with Australia's news broadcasting organization. With consumer inflation sticky, they say. They estimate that the Federal Reserve will need to lift benchmark rates well above their targets for inflation to give any sort of movement. Remember, their goal is to make rates so high that companies, corporations can no longer borrow Homeowners cannot borrow to buy a home. People lose their job. They stop paying for Netflix. They stop going to Walmart as much. They don't go to the movies. That brings inflation down because it forces the corporations to lower their prices. In order for that to happen, you have to lose your job. But that's okay. That is a sacrifice that the government is willing to make for you to lose your job, your livelihood, your home, your car. Let's get it repossessed. That's a sacrifice that the Federal Reserve is willing to make so that they can get inflation down and start their whole money grab all over again. They say we risk sparking a severe recession, a stock market crash, an explosion in the defaulting on the debt of the American people and corporations and governments. This will leave the Federal Reserve with no choice but to back off its inflation fight. This will have uh, prices spiraling out of control. The results are going to be a steep recession, followed by even more inflation problems and even more debt burdening the backs of the American people. 
Now we're facing the perfect storm. Stagflation, inflation, recession, depression, and a debt crisis unlike anything our parents or we have ever seen before. That's why the world is going to war and China is increasing its defense budget to meet what they call security challenges. China says it needs to increase its defense spending to meet a complex security challenge to fulfill its responsibility as a major country. That's Wang Chao, spokesman for the annual National People's Congress legislative session. He said this at a press conference in Beijing. Now, he didn't give any specifics on the numbers of what China would really do in its uh, defense spending that it has planned for this year. China will release its fiscal budget that will include on-the-books defense spending, but strategists and economists say that they are literally putting all of their money into war. Increases in the spending will have appropriate and reasonable changes, Wang has said. That adds that the defense spending as a share of China's GDP or gross domestic product, although it's been stable for many years, is going to be at a wartime footing. The future of China is closely connected with the future of the world, he says. That is to say, you're either with China or you're against it. China's military modernization will not be a threat to any country, he warns. It's a positive power move, one that will ensure regional stability and one that will ensure world peace. What we have there is China's rendition of America's, we have to go help the people of Iraq. We have to go help the people of Libya. We need to liberate these people from their gall darn oppressive governments. This is China's version. We need to provide national and international stability. We need to provide peace. We need to protect sovereignty and territorial integrity. Even though it's a rendition, it is wartime changes. Now, disasters, as you know, don't have to be the end of the world. The majority of people around our planet are not prepared to deal with even the slightest inconvenience. Things that, have, that would have been absolutely nothing for your granddaddy or your grandma to deal with are now matters of life and death for the individual. Why? Because the smarts, the intelligence have plain been bred out of the population. People cut off for days are now running low on food. People panic. We saw a recent snowbound event in mountainous areas on the western side of the United States of America. One individual in a report had his neighbor knocking on his door, worried because they smelled gasoline coming from the home. They couldn't get it to shut off. They didn't know what to do. They didn't have enough food. The more prepared individual invited his neighbors, a family of four and their cat and dog to stay with them. He shared his food, but he saw the panic in their eyes. He wondered how long he could help them while they both waited for help. Then a day later, a neighbor offered them all a ride in his truck. A lot of people are panicking, the report says. Now they're having to stay with family, get away, evacuate get to higher ground, be better prepared. But they don't want you to believe that in the government. They want you to think that they will always come to your aid. In the 
disastrous earthquake in Turkey, Kelly and I and our children were in absolute awe at a recent video in which a tree was split down the center, a great tree split down the center and shifted about, I'd say, 15 feet down the crack, the earth opening up. We have great earth changes coming. It's not just going to be the world war. It's not just going to be our financial crisis. The earth is changing too. A lot of people are going to get depressed. They're going to be anxious. One way to combat, to completely fight away fear, to fight away anxiety, is to be better prepared. When you know what can happen and you do something for it, no matter how small, if you can only afford to go to the dollar store and they want to tell you that inflation is at 6%, when the dollar store went up 25%, when food went up 30% in some cases, 51% in other cases, if you can only afford to go to the dollar store and buy one thing, that's one more thing that you will have that you otherwise didn't. We're not ever going to tell you if you don't get this many rounds of ammunition, build your bunker this deep, prepare for an onslaught of the horde, you're not going to make it. Absolutely not. Why? Because in every war, in every crisis, in every civil conflict, in every social collapse, in every environmental collapse, in every economic disaster, who survives? Somebody's grandma survives. Somebody's uncle survives. Little babies survive. A lot of times it's luck, but a lot of times it's because they have a great deal of capabilities and abilities. And you can help buff that up. You can increase that by getting your pantry stocked up, by knowing what to do, learning some first aid. Learn something like CPR. It's so easy. Learn chest compressions. Do chest compressions while you call 911 and you wait for somebody to come. But if you don't know how to do it or what to do, you're just lost already. This is about being prepared, and I want you and your family to be more prepared than anyone in the world, even if it's just $1 store item at a time. I want to talk about our next survival tip. Yesterday, we talked about using available distractions to get away if you're being wrongfully detained, kidnapped, whatever it might be. Today, I want to talk about Zippo lighters. Now, Zippo lighters are inexpensive. They're able to ignite a number of unconventional fuels. You want to have the ability to use as many combustion tools as possible. You literally need, in my opinion, a flint and steel. You literally need, in my opinion, a lighter, one that has butane in it. You need a Zippo lighter. You need a ferro rod. The ferro rods need to be taken care of. If you don't take care of it, it's just going to dust away. You need as many tools as you can to make fire because that is the thing that separates us from animals. We can heat our water and boil out the pathogens. We can cook our food and kill the worms and bacteria. We can stay warm without a fur coat. Be prepared. Because if you're not prepared, you've already lost. I hope you'll join us back here tomorrow on Full Spectrum Survival for the news that you need to know. Information, not just from America, but from around the world. The things that are happening that affect your family. Why? 
so that you can make good and actionable, informed decisions to get ready for the unknowns of tomorrow. If you're watching us somewhere else, jump over to YouTube, type in Full Spectrum Survival, hit the subscribe button, and join us there. Most of all, please stay safe and keep watch. This week's Full Spectrum News is brought to us by you, all of our members on Patreon. Make sure that you check out Contingency Medical. One day, a lot of people call the doctors, and in times of crisis, the doctor says, either we don't have that item, can't answer your call, it doesn't matter what it is. If you need antibiotics that are real from a real pharmacy and a real doctor, use the code FSS10 to get a discount there. And if you need long-term food storage and you're worried about keeping the nutrients in it or them just packing it full of garbage, don't get the garbage kind. You can check out nutrientsrevival.com forward slash FSS. I get no commission, but you can use the code FSS15 to get a 15% discount. Stay safe, everyone. To uh, guess, uh, Professor Black Drew, yeah, all right, y'all. Wait, bear with me. Oh, here it goes. who can be there too. You know, if Donald Trump wanted to do one of those bridge walks, you know they would have gladly been there with them, holding his hand, smiling, see, he's making progress. White supremacy loves to use its white media to praise things that are worthless while attacking things that are valuable. Old Negroes marching across a bridge and nobody in the white media asked, why is this going on? None of them says, well, that was a long time ago. Why are we still enshrining this? They don't attack it for the exact same reason they didn't put up a fight when Juneteenth was being proposed as a national holiday. Because it doesn't affect their power. It changes absolutely nothing. And of course, this is a long-standing practice in the United States. On the plantations, they would allow the slaves to have a day off every once in a while, too. Some of us never seem to recognize that slavery never ended. But of course, you know Joe Biden had to be there. Joe Biden, by the way, was mentored by a bunch of card-carrying segregationists. These are the individuals who mentored Joe Biden. He bragged that Delaware allied itself with the Confederacy during the American Civil War. The very white Southern segregationists that Joe Biden was mentored by 50 years ago, they were the very ones who attacked the demonstrators on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. But Joe Biden's never denounced them. He's never repudiated them. Quite the opposite. He still praises them to this day. And what about these Negroes who let this guy show up? They should have had a doggone wall of people surrounding Air Force One saying, you shall not pass. But of course, we know they would never do that. They've been in the hip pocket of these Democrats for the longest time. They sold out the younger generations as a result. These are professional clout chasers. They're not people to be taken seriously. They do this annual march across the bridge as a way to get some quickie media attention for themselves. After all, you got to have something to talk about at the swap meet or the cookout or the church meeting. But to have Biden there was reprehensible. He is a neo-segregationist. Nobody called him out for that. No one said that he had no moral right to be there. Instead, they were just cheesing and smiling. What requirements did they have for Biden to be in attendance? What did they require that he do before he could be allowed to be there? Nothing. 
He showed up and they were only too glad to have him there. Now, when you make the conscious, deliberate decision to allow a dyed-in-the-wool racist like Joe Biden to participate in a civil rights commemoration, when you decide to willingly ignore the fact that this wrinkled-up racist has a 50-plus-year-long career of using the law to target and attack black people, when you allow him to walk beside the very people who his mentors were brutalizing, when you don't require that he say so much as an I'm sorry for his crimes against us, when you smile as you walk beside one of the people who took partner oppression, then you have truly lost your way. And speaking of lost, this is what happens when you allow accepting empty gestures to become a tradition. Biden hasn't done anything for black people, but the same old crowd of civil rights retreads are inviting him to the cookout anyway. What do they think they're going to be remembered for? The white media might give them some insincere praise, big might, but nobody else will. There's nothing wrong with cherishing the past, nothing wrong with having warm feelings about your youth or appreciating the things that were important to you back then and finding value in those things. But there's a huge problem with trying to live in the past. And these black baby boomers have chosen to take refuge in it. They're still trying to relive that period when they desperately hope that they could be accepted by white society because that's what this was always about. If you're a millennial or a Gen Z, then you simply cannot understand how important this daydream of acceptance was and continues to be to them. I'm part of Generation X. My generation was the one immediately after the baby boomers. And when we grew up, we heard every single day the lamentations and almost pathetic desire that the baby boomers had to be accepted by white society. Most of the black baby boomers didn't go to integrated schools. The tail end of the baby boomers did, but they complained just as much about how their white peers in school didn't accept them as the black baby boomers who didn't go to the integrated schools complained that they couldn't get in. But their complaints went far beyond that. They would complain about people who they knew around town. We're talking about white society the white social clubs they weren't allowed into, the white sororities and fraternities, the white Elks Lodge, etc. Hell, even things like the Mickey Mouse Club. Black baby boomers grew up in the 1950s when television was first coming to dominate the social landscape. They grew up seeing only white children on TV. They saw the phony, make-believe, perfect world created by the white media of white people in the suburbs with their manicured lawns and everyone dressing just so and constantly smiling and these black baby boomers so wished that they could be a part of that. Fake as it was, they still wanted to be part of it. And we see this in the political sphere as well. You got black people shucking, jiving, smiling, and buck dancing with the very racists who have wronged us for so long. Neither Biden nor anyone else has made reparations for what they did against us. They took everything from us, and yet we require nothing from them. That's not justice. But this is what we're stuck with. An aging population, not of elders, but of olders, still clinging to the long-dead corpse of being accepted by the very bigots and racists who attacked them in their youth and who maligned their children like Joe Biden did. He clearly regards them as suckers. And why not? If you abuse someone and they claim that they want justice, but when you show up, they bow and scrape before you, why would anyone respect that? John Lewis said he spilt blood and self. Problem is, none of the cops who attacked him ever apologized for it and said that they were sorry. He was auditioning for a place under white supremacy and he found it. He was no fighter. He was a social climber. When Bloomberg, 
The so-called blood spilt in Selma by him changed absolutely nothing. Now compare that to what the younger generation did in Selma when Mike Bloomberg came to town. It wasn't the phony, corrupt black leaders who sent that racist packing. It was the black grassroots. Bloomberg fled, and the bastard learned to respect black people because we showed him we had the power and the will to deny him things. But that was the Gen Xers and the millennials in that church who turned their backs on him. If the suffering, sacrifice, and the blood spilled was truly as precious as the black baby boomers claim, then why would they allow one of the devils we were fighting against to profane the memory of that day by being allowed to pretend to praise the people who he was fighting against? To let Biden pretend as if he and his segregationist mentors were not the bad guys. We're allowing him to whitewash and sanitize his page in history. And you got black folks allowing themselves to be used as props in his little puppet show. From the day that he got sworn in as a senator, Biden has made condescending and insulting remarks, not just about the black baby boomers, but against their children as well. But as we've seen too many times, the black baby boomers did not value their children. Now he's giving phony speeches, pretending to respect the very people who his segregationist mentors were oppressing. He knows he's lying, but he also knows that it was a miracle that he won the presidency two and a half years ago. If anyone other than Donald Trump had been on that ballot in 2020, then Biden's 2020 run would have been just another failed attempt for him to get to the White House. If the pandemic hadn't happened and weakened Trump so much politically, and not to mention confused the Republican Party, then Biden would have failed to win the presidency. Biden is old, weak, and frail, and this is not 2020. He needs all the black support he can get if he wants to have even a prayer of winning in 2024. But he's determined not to have to do anything to get that black support. Words mean very little, and they mean less than nothing coming from Biden. He hasn't done anything for black people, not one thing. But you got Negroes willing to reward him for his racism and his mendacity instead of calling him out and putting him on the spot. All of that blood that was allegedly spilled, the people who suffered, and yet none of them are standing up for themselves. Then again, these are the same handful of corrupt geriatrics who did the same buck dancing for Barack Obama. Obama insulted black people in general, black men in specific, and spent eight years doing that. And rather than check that bootlick, you had Negroes who were just so honored to let him be part of their annual Edmund Pettus Bridge Parade. It would be funny if it wasn't so damn tragic. For 50 plus years, they've been living a lie, convincing themselves that this is somehow winning. When the truth of the matter is, this is what they've settled for. This is some next level hustling backwards going on, but when you reach a certain age, you just give up. People who never had any fight in them to begin with become old Negroes who have no fight in them. Call it post-traumatic slave disorder or whatever you want, but there's always been this deep insecurity in a lot of black people. This is the result of not being in charge of our own affairs for so long. When a group of people has been oppressed, especially oppressed for a very, very long time, they become dysfunctional when they regain even a little part of their autonomy. And that's because their culture has been poisoned and perverted by having been oppressed. A group is supposed to look to itself and to have confidence in itself for what it needs. That's how you get people who will do for themselves. But when you've been oppressed, you're not in charge, which means you don't have the ability to get anything done yourself. Over time, you begin to look at yourself and anyone who's like you as being powerless, as being irrelevant. 
I've long said that if you want to be respected, you have to learn to start saying no. But what happens when you're oppressed is that the oppressors have the ability to override your objections. Even saying no is not enough to get respect because they have the ability to disregard you. And when people are able to systematically across the board treat you without regard, they can also treat you without respect too. You spend so long being forced to go to your oppressors to get anything done, and they frequently remind you that you don't have the power to overthrow them. Before long, you begin looking at them as the only legitimate power. That messes with your head. As human beings, we are creatures of habit. It's one of our greatest strengths as a species. But it's also one of our greatest weaknesses, too. Because what happens when you're forced to practice looking to your oppressor instead of looking to yourself? Dysfunction becomes a habit. That's what happens. This is not to say that we should tolerate or make excuses for our own contradictory behavior. We shouldn't. The point is to understand why we keep doing it so we can change it. You become conditioned to not look at your own as having any legitimacy at all. And as I explained, legitimacy means authority conferred by one group onto another person or group. What has the lived experience of black people been? Have we seen black people wielding any sort of power? No. What we've seen are black people who are under siege continually, who the state and businesses, which are flip sides of the same coin under white supremacy, use their economy, their infrastructure, their courts, and their guns to attack us, to force us off our land, and to establish and enforce a system of targeted racial impoverishment of black people. And then they use their white media to justify it. When you've never seen people from your own group wielding power for the benefit of your group, you take on the mentality that your group is not supposed to have power. And then what happens is, even when you have somebody from your group is in charge or a number of people, a group of people who regain their freedom will be dysfunctional for a while because they haven't been in charge in so long. They've been conditioned to only accept the authority of their oppressors, so it's going to take time for them to get used to the idea of respecting one another again. But let's not talk about freedom. The word freedom doesn't apply to us because we're still oppressed. Our oppression hasn't ended. It merely changed forms. And it's infinitely compounded when you have an omnipresent, hyper-aggressive organ of societal influence like the white media pumping out anti-black images and narratives like so much Nazi propaganda. A constituency with no standards, a constituency that doesn't demand anything, are also a constituency who won't get anything. Politics is supposed to be transactional. You get a promise from the politician or the political candidate first. Then you pledge to give a vote. Voting is not charity. You don't give a vote because the politician has a nice smile and gives a cute stump speech. This is business. It's about getting paid. It's about getting tangible rewards for your vote. Think of it like the movie Goodfellas. The politician says they're worried about the deficit. Screw you, pay me. They say there's a war in Ukraine. Screw you, pay me. You say your dog dies. Screw you, pay me. This isn't about being liked. This is about getting paid. Biden owes us all kinds of debts, and many of them are not even monetary debts. If he thinks that all he has to do to get out of that debt is just take one little march across one measly little bridge, then black people need to be the ones to let him know he can take a hike instead. Good day, and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Sharon Shabala, Kankal Ntogoku, Angela Cunningham, Unknown, and Roxanne Allen.
Salute to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black Empowerment only exists because of you.